mighty God, bless you, Lord. You know, that's the Mississippi Mass Choir, and I, I, I concur with what they were singing. I woke up this morning, I didn't have no doubt either that the Lord would provide for me, that he would take care of me. You know, and you should have that same confidence in our Lord and Savior, uh, Jesus Christ, that he will. He is well able to provide for you. He will provide for you. He will meet every need. Uh, ask me how I know. I can tell you. I remember being in a situation where everything was falling apart. And I do mean it was falling apart and had lost so much. And in the midst of the situation, I didn't tell nobody what I was going through, what I was dealing with. They already knew some things, you know, but I didn't go through everything. They didn't, people don't need to know all your business. Some things they see because it's public. Other things are private. And so those things that I was dealing with, I didn't tell nobody about it. I didn't tell my, my daughter or children about what I was dealing with, where I was at. You know, it was a depressing time. And I remember sitting in the, what we call the, 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 it was a secret room that, that was created for just on the other side of the closet where you go and watch TV and a lounge chair. So for lounging, you know, but that became a spot where it was very depressed. It was very dark. And just being there for days after days because that's how it hit me. And, you know, um, yes, pastors, preachers, ministers deal with things. I would come out only to attend a service. I, I wasn't even speaking because of what I was dealing with was so dramatic. And so, um, you know, and I need, God needed to intervene. Well, I was, part of that was hitting my finances in such a way. And I had uh, went to a job interview and in that job interview, um, they said I was overqualified. And I told the man, I said, listen, I said, just just think of it that you don't have to train nobody to to do the work. I'm already experienced. And so he appreciated what I was saying and gave me the opportunity. Well, then that opportunity, the person, the position that I was applying for, that person left. And so that uh, was a springboard for me to go directly into that position with it, a substantial increase. And then while I was driving home, the phone rung and there was someone on the phone that I had never spoken to, never met to this day. And they told me about a job that I refused to, to, even, to even interview about. And in that job and in that conversation, they, they checked me down for a few days. And finally, the man said, listen, I want you to know God wants you to have this job. God wants you to have this job. This is your job. And so I, I went to the interview. I was hired on the spot. The gentleman that was leaving was walking out the door with his box and they had gave me an empty check. They told me to ask for what I want. And that was nine years ago. Bless your Lord. God knows how to provide and take care of you. 
with that, bought a new home, uh, learned how to, and this is so important. I know I haven't gave the introduction of the, of the uh, <laughs> this morning, but, uh, but you know, we, we don't always follow a, uh, a written program, but I just want you to know that he is able to provide for you. And, and so with that, I, I learned also in that time that you have to learn to enjoy yourself. You can't depend on someone else to make you happy. That's not their responsibility. That's not their job. It, you need to un, un, uh, open that suitcase up of the stuff that you're dragging around and empty it out. You, you got to empty some things out. You got to empty out that that relationship that you've been dragging around. And, and you got to empty out, you know, what someone said to you. You got to empty out those things and, and make room to put something else there that is going to be more positive and actually lighter to carry. And so I want to welcome you this morning to Cornerstone Apostolic Church. This is Inside the Pages presented by <laughs> Mighty God. Yes, presented by Cornerstone. This is Pastor Carl Henderson. We're located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Now, I believe somebody needed that. I believe somebody needed that. I'm a transparent preacher. I don't, I, I do share you know, experience. So you know that I'm I'm not one that's just telling you a bunch of stuff. I've been through some things and God has brought me out. Now, I'm not going through stuff every day. I hear some people that every day they're going through something that tells me something is wrong. You're, you're not making proper application and you're allowing things to, to be something that they're not. But listen, our Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m., Tuesday Bible study at 7 p.m. And on Thursday, men focus, which is at 6 p.m. And that's an open discussion where we're, uh, the, the brothers are, are there. And, and not only the brothers, but uh, Mama J of Tailored Women, she's on there to give that perspective that only a woman can give. And we're talking about things. We've talked about the church boo, you know, dating in the church. We've talked about what's stopping you and, you know, and when will it change? We've had a number of conversations. So join in with us on Thursday at six o'clock. And it's a it's a it's something for you to uh, comment on, call in on, you know, it's an open forum uh, or to give your testimony. And, and then on Saturdays at 1130 p.m., you can find us on KKLA. That is 99.5 on the radio dial, or you can stream the radio channel uh, through KKLA.com. Uh, and that's at 11.30 p.m. for those of you that may be working that swing shift and on your way home, or maybe you're working a graveyard shift and you want to hear the word of God. But certainly we're not adding in any artificial flavor. There's no preservatives being added on here. You know, it is the word of God. We believe the Bible is the word of God. That's why we do it that way. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful. We are bold. And uh, we believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. Whether you understand it or not, our obedience and our loyalty is unto the Lord. You know, there's an expression, uh, for God I live, for God I die. That's not a cliche. Uh, that is a lifestyle. I, I'm going to live in obedience to the word of God. 
and when I, my departure will be in obedience to the word of God. And so uh, certainly we, we thank you for joining our service this morning. This is a live broadcast at this time on, on June 5th, 2022. Uh, Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. is live. Tuesday at 7 p.m. is live as well. And then these messages are archived for future review. You know, thank God for those that will be listening later uh, on different continents, different places, even within the USA and so we thank God for you. But listen, if you're nearby, if you're looking for a church home uh, growth ministry, I, I want to invite you to Cornerstone. Again, that's 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona to join in with us. If you desire fellowship, then email us at fellowship at connectingtruth.org. That's fellowship at connectingtruth.org. Certainly, this is the day that the Lord has made, and we can rejoice and be glad in it. You know, I, I said a lot because I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited about the Lord. And, and so let's let's go before the Lord in a word of prayer. And, and after prayer, we're going to have our opening scripture. And, and so, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your kindness. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness, for what you have done. We thank you, Lord God, for the magnitude and how you have impacted our lives, Lord God, and how you have blessed us with a reasonable portion of health. Lord God, we thank you for what you have done. We thank you for what you're going to do. Lord God, we know that your thoughts of us, Lord God, is, is different than sometime our, our minds would try to play tricks on us, our influences would try to come and, and make us think different. But, Lord God, we just want you to know that, that we do believe your word and we know that you have great thoughts for us, Lord God, that you have expected in for us. And we're just here, Lord God, to give you that glory and to give you that honor, Lord God, and, and to bless your holy name, to lift you up above everything. Lord God, we thank you, Lord God, for all that you have done. We thank you, Lord, for what you are going to do, Lord. Lord God, and we're going to continue to, to exalt you. We're going to continue to uh, proclaim your word, Lord God, as we go out into the streets and, and tell others about your goodness, Lord. And as we continue, Lord God, on the airways and, Lord God, and through the Internet circuit, Lord, we just thank you right now for, uh, for your kindness. We thank you, Lord God, for your ability. You've enabled us. Lord God, and we appreciate you using us for your service. We appreciate you, Lord God, Lord, for considering us and calling us friends. Lord Jesus, and we're calling you God. Lord Jesus, we're calling you our Savior. You're sovereign. You're above everything. Lord, now we ask that you would touch those that are dealing with the grief of loss of loved ones, Lord God, because of the demonic activity that has occurred that is increasing Lord God, even as your word has spoken that the love of many would wax cold, Lord God, but you said where there's more sin, there is more grace. Lord God, and so we look for your grace and we pray and ask that you would bless those that are experiencing the loss of loved ones, Lord God, to seek your mercy, to seek your grace in this time. Lord, bless the ministers and those that come in contact with the individuals, Lord God, not just locally, but uh, around the world, Lord God, where people are experiencing, Lord Jesus, the, the loss of sickness, the loss because of violence, Lord God, comfort, Lord, only as you can do, 
Lord God, you have the right words to be spoken, Lord. Lord Jesus, you have the, the right uh, the, the right antidote to be given. And we pray and ask that you would send it in the name of Jesus. We'll be careful to give your name the praise and to give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seateth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. In his, and in his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like the tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in the season. His, seed, his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor stand sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the law, for the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And the Bible says, And they continue daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading and the hearers of the word. Amen. Uh, at this time, we're going to want to join in with this particular uh, song of adoration. And then we're going to go into the word of God. Now, whatever it is that you have need of this morning, God knows. He knows. He knows whatever emotional, whatever is mental, whatever is physical that is occurring. But, you know, I heard someone say, and I've experienced it for myself, the more I praise him, the better I feel. The more I praise him, the better I feel. You know, sometimes you, you come to service and, and I don't know what it took for you to get here. And, and uh, you don't know what it took for me to get here because we're in these bodies and we're dealing with whatever comes up against us. And so you may have had to press your way. And so in pressing your way, you may have noticed sometime that once you arrived, it was all good. It was all good. And you didn't have to deal. And, and so, you know, we we're talking this morning about uh, the fact that when you're in the house of God, setting the atmosphere, ushering in the presence of God. I'm not talking about when the when the time comes and, uh, you know, it's, it's nine o'clock and, OK, we're getting ready to go live on the air. No, we, we're ushering in the presence of God long before that. We're not walking into the house of God with wood. Uh, no, we're walking in with the fire already lit. We're walking in with the and, and so the wood is already dry. And we're bringing the fire in. We're not trying to start a fire when we come into the house of God, but the fire is already lit. Bless your name, Jesus. So that when you come in, you, you know just what you can do. And that is come close to the fire. Uh, come to where you can be comforted. Come to where you can find the warmth that is needed. Come to where you can offer up the sacrifice of praise unto the Lord. Mighty God. Bless your name, Jesus. 
Bless your name, Lord God. Bless your name, Jesus. Mighty God, I'm, I'm telling you, we have to give him a praise. We have to give him the glory and honor. Mighty God, you know, and, uh, you know, I was in a service and I was thinking to myself, I'm like, God, I, I, I don't need to be pumped up for you because I'm already pumped. I, I already thought about your goodness. I already thought about your grace in spite of, in spite of, it's in spite of, you know, you ought to give him an in spite of praise. Bless your name, Jesus. You know, just give him a praise that says, God, I know what I'm, I'm dealing with, but I know that you're able. I know that you're greater. Lord God, it doesn't dethrone you. It doesn't change my mind about you because I know who you are and what you mean to me. Mighty God, bless your Lord Jesus. Bless your name, Jesus. Bless your Lord God. Thank you, Savior. What a mighty God we serve.
serve a guy like this. You know, that was Miranda Curtis. Nobody like you, Lord. You know, and uh, we love listening to, to gospel music. Our, our songstress is uh, been blessed with a position that has taken her out of uh, the service, but as soon as she is available, she'll be back to lead us in our praise and worship, you know, and certainly we thank God for her and her diligence, you know, and, you know, I want to encourage the, the ministries. I, I don't know where you might be at, you know, and, uh, but I want to encourage the ministry because I know where I've been. I know what things that I see and, and have heard in my life, you know, and just want to encourage the ministry. When God called you into a work, he didn't call you into the work based upon what other people would be saying. He called you into the work because of your ability, because of what he wanted to do with you. And so allow him to be God. Allow him to use you for his purpose, allow him to use you for his pleasure. You know, that ministry, that 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 treasure in the earthen vessel that God has invested in you. He's looking for dividends. He's looking for a return. And everyone will not have the same return, but there is a return. There is some. And so you want to allow him to do that and not, uh, you, you want to don't throw in the towel in, in ministry. Don't throw in the towel in, in what God has called you to do. Uh, you uh, go to him. You seek him. And you uh, be faithful. You be obedient until consistency in all things has a payday. And so I want you to know that. I want you to hold on to that. And I'm available for any conversation about that at any time. You know, I, I'm, I told my children a, a, a couple of years ago, I'm pouring myself out. I'm emptying out this vessel, everything that God put in it, I'm pouring it back out so that he can fill it up more. And, you know, the Bible said Enoch walked with God and he was not because God took him, uh, you know. And, and so I'm looking for that day and that hour to come. Uh, bless you, Lord Jesus. We're going to go into the word of God. Bless your Savior. I want to direct your attention to 2 Kings, the second chapter. 2 Kings, the second chapter. 2 Kings, the second chapter. And I, I didn't mention one. On Tuesdays, we're in the book of Genesis. So if you want an in-depth study uh, along with us, uh, Genesis, we're still in the first chapters. Uh, you know, and, and understanding what God has for us there. And I'm certain you will be blessed and you will be edified because that is the responsibility of the pastor. And that is to edify and, until we all come into the statue of the man Christ Jesus. And so in Second Kings, the second chapter, beginning at the eighth verse, it says that Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together. He took his mantle and he wrapped it together and he smote the waters and they were divided hither and thither. 
they were divided hither and thither so that they too went over on dry ground you know I, I'm, I'm jumping ahead of myself here but it's not in Genesis but I believe it's in Exodus where the children of Israel walked over on dry ground the ninth verse says and it came to pass when they were gone over hither and thither so they went so they too went over on dry ground and it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said unto Elisha ask what it shall what I shall do for thee now note here that Elisha did not Elijah did not ask Elisha what is it that you want God to do for you but what is it that I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let me, or let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Elijah said, thou hast asked a hard thing. You've asked something that is he didn't say it was impossible. He said you asked a hard thing. He didn't say it could not be done. You've asked a hard thing. Nonetheless, because you asked, if thou see me, now I have that underlined, if thou see me, that means something to me. If you see me, it ought to mean something to you because he asked for a double portion of his spirit in response to the question, what shall I do for thee? And now he has given him some information. If thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. If you see me, you're going to get what you asked for. If you don't see me, well, and it came to pass as they went on and talked. It's another area and something else I have underlined here. Something else that's been highlighted in my mind. That behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire. What a sight. I wouldn't know how to act. And parted both, parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it. He saw it. His eyes were glued. He was fixated on Elijah. 
And he cried out, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. And he took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the banks of Jordan. He went back the way they had come and stood by the banks of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah. He took the same mantle that he saw Elijah fold and fold together and, and, and smote the waters and he going back to Jordan. And he took that same mantle. I've got it now. I've received it. I saw him. And spoke the waters and said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Where is the Lord God of Elijah? You might be asking this morning, where is the Lord God of, of Carl? Wherever your respective pastor is. I hope you have a pastor. You need a pastor. Bible said, how can they hear without a preacher and how can the preacher preach except he be sent of God? And he said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they departed hither and thither and Elijah went over. And when the sons of the prophets, which were to view Jericho saw him, the sons of the prophets, the school of the prophets. You know, something about the ministry is handed down. It usually is passed on through a lineage. And so you have the sons of the prophets here and they knew what was going on. They knew what was going to transpire, what was going to happen. And when they saw uh, Elisha, they said the spirit of Elijah rests upon him, upon Elisha. We can see, we, we understand, we know, we discern. You know, something about the people of God that they can see when God has blessed or when God has elevated. When I, when I uh, was called into ministry, I call my, I, I tried to hide that. I played the bass guitar, you know, at least what I thought was playing the bass guitar. And I was sitting over by the organ and one of the mothers in the church came and she said, I see you hiding over there. You can't hide that. You can't hide the ministry and the elevation in which God has called you into. Uh, you can't do that. I didn't say anything. I just, I heard what she was saying and I didn't say anything for an entire year. It was an entire year before I did anything. When, when God calls you, you need to wait on his calling. Don't just jump up and run with whatever you think you hear. Uh, but uh, David was made king, but he didn't take that place of, and step into the kingship uh, for years. And so uh, he had been anointed and appointed. 
but he didn't make that move until it was time. And so they saw the spirit of Elijah uh, rest upon Elisha. And they came to meet him and bowed themselves down unto the ground. Now, we, we've taken a thought here, and that is for you and I. Everything is applicable to me, just as it is applicable to you. And that is to expect greatness. Expect greatness. Now, I'm talking to those that believe. If you don't believe, then I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to those that will believe, those that will embrace, those that are on the fence saying, I don't know if I should believe this or not. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to those that uh, that have said in their mind, I believe, but I don't know if that could be done for me. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to those that said, well, he'll do it for uh, for others. And, you know, and I'm, from what I've heard of, of Pastor Henderson's testimony is that he's doing it for him, but I'm not sure if he'll do it. I'm talking to you. We serve the same God. We serve a sovereign God. And, and so the greatness is described as the quality or state of being important. Distinguished. Powerful. One might say larger than life. And so like beauty, uh, greatness is in the eye of the beholder. A child view their mom or their dad or or both or or view grandparents as someone great. And you are. You are great. They view you great not because of big things. That infant, that one-year-old, that two-year-old don't, don't know anything greater than you. Yeah, I think the only thing that, that might come close to it in this day and time is your, your iPhone, your Android, you know, but, but they know you. When there is a problem, they put their hands up for you. They cry for you. When there is an issue, and there will be issues, they look for you because you are the greatest among others. They know you, comfortable with you. You know, it's something about an infant that, that knows their parent even by the smell, know the body odor of the parent. You're great. You're great but not because of big things, not because you have deep pockets. They don't recognize any of that. None of that matters to them. What matters is that when they cry, you pick them up. What matters is that when they need uh, to be held, you're holding them. When they are thirsty or when you think they're thirsty, when you think they're hungry, you give them something to eat or something to snack on. You make goofy faces in front of them. And that's great. That's great because no one else is doing it. You're great because of those things, not because of anything that money can buy. You're loyal. Unconditional love. An integrity that that supersedes everything. Something that you think about the rest of your life. My mother was great. That's who spent most of the time raising me, a single parent. 
She was great. And when I came to know, felt the desire to understand who my father, my biological father was, you know, I didn't beat him up or anything like that. And he had some characteristics that obviously I have because, you know, your that DNA is there in you and you cannot get rid of it. You're not going to strip it out. You're not going to filter it out or anything like that. And, and because I'm great, then that must have been there was some greatness in him, too. You're great. Everyone grows up with a language. And so your expression may not be the same as mine or a person next to you, but it's understood. In other words, you have to let uh, someone know that they're great. You have to look back if your parent, if your mom, your dad are is still uh, alive, you know, then let them know they are great. If they not speak about their greatness of what you recall in appreciation for what you and where you are today. You know, when you look at yourself in the mirror, you are made up of that by a lot. So you ought to look at yourself and say, I am great. Like David said, I'm wonderfully made. David didn't have a monopoly on being wonderfully made. What David was speaking about was was just, just being a person, period. You're wonderfully made. You have to look at yourself and think about how great you are in spite of whatever flaws that you might think or someone told you that you were flawed. You're still great. Did God tell you you was flawed? If God didn't tell you that you was flawed, then then why are you listening to anyone else? You don't live with them. It don't make no difference. They they have they don't have the, the, the last word about nothing. You're great. So we ought to expect greatness. We ought to expect greatness. And, you know, greatness comes at a price. It also comes through things that. People tell you, if you take things the right way, you, you know, one day my, my little brother shared something. He didn't know he was sharing it with me, but he shared something that became a life changing moment because it provoked a thought. It let me know, you know, people see you from you looking at yourself and then there's people on the outside seeing you. And they have an opinion about you and you have to listen to what others are saying and, and measure up. Uh, not measure it, but, but look at it, weigh it out. In other words, don't ignore it. And, and so all of these things lead to your greatness. Greatness. You ought to expect greatness. The Bible says Elijah, uh, Elijah was a man subject to like passion as we are. Regular Joe. You and I, just a regular Joe. We're just a regular cup of coffee. Some is black, some is half cream, half and half, you know, Irish cream, hazelnut, you know. And so, uh, but he prayed earnestly. He prayed with sincerity. That it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. Now, some of you believe uh, uh, if the 
the prayer. Uh, the prayer is from someone else. You know, I'm, I'm going to get Sister White to, to pray because Sister White can get a prayer through. I'm going to get Mother Hopper to pray because Mother Hopper can get a prayer through. You know, if can't nobody else get a prayer through, they, they can. Well, I'm here this morning to tell you that uh, Sister White, Mother Hopper, you know, whomever, uh, uh, are not the only ones that can get a prayer through. They're, they're not the only one. You can get a prayer through. Whoever told you that uh, may be waiting or, you know, uh, maybe God is waiting on you to just humble yourself and ask him. It's based upon you. What can Mother White or and these are fictitious names. I, I couldn't think of other names to make up. But what if Mother White or Mother, uh, or Mother Hopper uh, went to God? So they went to the Lord. The Lord is going to come to you. He's not going to them. He's coming to you. He's looking at you. He's listening to you. And so you cannot be afraid that if you pray that it's not going to happen. What well, what if Mother White or Mother Hopper pray and it don't happen? What are you going to say then? You going to blame them for it? God's waiting on you. He's waiting on us. Prayer is that prayer may not be contingent upon their asking or their faith. It's contingent upon yours. Your faithfulness, your asking, you're putting some work behind it because the Bible tells us that faith without works is dead. So while I'm asking God for better, while I'm asking God for what I want, I'm doing something about it. I'm not just sitting there twiddling my thumbs. I'm not just sitting there uh, being just doing anything, but I'm doing something uh, in my faith walk. And so uh, let's place our faith and our confidence in God and his ability. You don't know if, if Sister White or Mother Hopper or Deacon, Brother Deacon, might be having a, uh, and I'm going to use this word because this is what came to mind, a, metap a mesopausal day, a mentopausal, whatever you want to say it, because it, it impacts men and women the same. That's what I've heard. And so they may be having a bad day and you're asking them to pray for you. And they're trying to pray for themselves. They're trying to hold it together because of all the emotions and the different things that they're dealing with in their life at that moment. And so the Bible says, and he prayed again. And heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. Now, this tells us that he was prayerful. And something happened. You're going to be prayerful. And something's going to happen. He was looking for it not to rain. And then he looked for it to rain. He expected something great. And so, as James have mentioned, James mentioned uh, that of what happened next 
would be would fall under the area of forgiveness. Because he said and uh, he, he got this from Jesus, because the Bible said, if you pray, ask it in faith, you know, and so that's where people stop at. But if you look at the verse underneath that, it talks about forgiveness. You cannot pray with unforgiveness in your heart and expect to have the results that you're looking for. You've got to forgive. You've got to let it go. And so he said, brethren, the power of forgiveness. Brethren, if you do err from the truth and one convert him, you see someone that then then flawed and you you are able, you are able to approach them and you convert them, you help them, lead them back to repentance and, and to be placed uh, into the place where God had called them to be. He said, let him know that he was converted the sinner from the air of his ways shall save a soul from death. What are we looking to do? Save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sin. Don't worry about that. Hide a multitude of sin. It's important to help someone else on this journey. And so the Bible says, and Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters and they were divided hither and thither so that they too went over on dry ground. And Elijah saw uh, uh, Elijah's faith in God. You ought to see the faith uh, that the man of God has. It, this isn't just a subject, you know, we're not just talking about uh, about about the word of God. I'm not telling you a story. Uh, this ain't about me telling you a story. Uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm I, I know the difference between a parable. I know the difference between a story. But let me let me break. Let me let, help you understand something here. Uh, this is a fact of life of what occurred with these men. It's not just a story, but it is the word of God. And it's an anointed word. It is an active word. It is a word that will bring about results. And so Elisha saw Elijah's faith in God. Uh, Elisha saw Elijah praying and praised God. Uh, you know, you ought to, uh, someone ought to see and hear you praising God. Not you telling others to praise him. But you ought to praise him. You ought to praise him without no one telling you to praise him. Elisha. Watch Elijah as he handled God's word. He watched him. He paid attention to him. You ought to get what I'm saying. He, he paid attention to him. He paid attention to him so that they went over on dry ground. It came to pass that when they had gone over, that Elijah said unto Elisha, ask what I shall do for thee. Uh, before I be taken away from thee. And Elijah said, I pray, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. Now, this is after they arrived on the other side. He didn't ask him this before he smoked the waters and they crossed over on the dry ground. He asked him this after they went over on the other side. You ought to Stick, stick around long enough to cross over onto the other side. Bless your Lord God. And see, uh, too many fall off 
they, they so anxious, they fall off and they so anxious, they never get to the other side. It's on the other side. It's the crossing over where the blessing is at. Mighty God, bless your Lord. You got to cross over to get what you want from God. Bless you, Jesus. And he said, thou hast asked for a hard thing, but if you see me, if you see me, uh, when, we, when I'm taken up, now if you see me, if you've been, you've been faithfully following me, but there is the possibility that right now you might stop. And so here is the contingent that if you see me, if you do not stop following me, if you do not faint, if you don't give up, if you don't throw in the towel at that moment that you feel like you're just running out of breath, at that moment that you're starting to feel weary, that you deviate from the path, that when, as I'm traveling on, you decide that you're going to stop for a moment. I'm going to take a break from church. If you decide that you're going to stop for a moment, I'm not going to pray today like I used to pray. If you're going to stop for a moment, I'm not going to fast like I used to fast. You're going to stop for a moment. And, you know, and I, well, you know, it don't take all of that. If you see me when I'm taking, then you're going to get what you asked for. Galatians 6 and 9, let us not be weary and well doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. If I, if I don't have no other word, I, I do have the word of God that if I don't give in, if I don't throw in the towel, if I don't stop, that there is light at the end of the tunnel. There is fruit to be received. I will reap if I don't quit. Now, God is not going to ignore his word. The Bible tells us in the Psalms that his, his word is elevated above his name, the very name that we have right now for salvation, the very name that we call upon to change the atmosphere, the very name that we call upon. Whatsoever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving, uh, giving, uh, giving glory unto the Father. That same name that we use for salvation, his word is above that name. Heaven and earth would pass. But his but his word is not going to fall. So his word says that I will reap. You will reap in due season if you faint not. So if you thought you were about to faint, if you thought that, that the heat in the kitchen was a little too hot, wipe your brow and don't throw in the towel. If you thought that blow caught you off guard, Pick yourself up and say, yeah, that did hurt, but I'm yet standing. Bless you, Jesus. You will get what you want. You will get what you asked him for. Don't ask amiss. I don't believe Elijah was saying, well, I'm going to ask this, but I know, you know, even if I see him get caught up, I'm not going to, you know, well, it's just, it's just me asking, you know, I'm not like, I'm not like sister, I'm not like brother ABC, and I'm not like sister EFD, and, and you know, or, 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 or prophet, or prophet. Listen, the Bible says, and it came to pass, 
as they went on, as they continued, as they walked together, when they stopped, when Elijah stopped, Elisha stopped. When Elijah moved, Elisha moved. As they went on and talked. It's important to understand that there was a, com in the movement, there was a conversation. Well, I don't want pastor to know all my business. Pastor don't want to know all your business. I don't want, that's just a little too close. Then you don't want what you're really asking for. <laughs> Bless your Lord God. Can, can you imagine Elisha said, well, you know, uh, in his mind, he might have been saying, Pastor, you, you, didn't, you didn't text me a little too much. And you didn't call to check on me a little too much. You know, I, 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 I'm, I'm doing me. I'm fine. Hmm. I, I don't want you to know who I'm dating. I don't want you to know uh, anything else except the fact that I'm okay. I don't want you to know that. That's just a little too much information. <laughs> and so they went on and they talked. It's important to understand that. They talked. When was the last time you talked to your pastor? If you don't have a pastor, then you don't have a covering. If you don't have a covering, you don't have no one that is accountable for you. Sheep do not shepherd themselves. The blind do not lead the blind or else they both will fall into a ditch. I believe the conversation that, that was going on as they walked and talked was very intimate. I believe it was about becoming up close and personal with what was about to happen. Elijah, you, you, Elijah, you followed me all this time. You have not given up. You didn't stay when I said stay. You, you didn't listen to others. You didn't become distracted. And, and so uh, we're coming close. You can feel it. You know, and so just hang in there a little while longer. You know, I don't know what their conversation, I don't know what was going on. But one thing I do know is that the Bible said, and when Elisha saw it, he saw it, which meant he was looking. He hung upon every word that Elijah was saying. And he was able to take the the clothes. Now, the Bible said that he took his own clothes. He shed it something, and, and he ripped them in two. He he couldn't. He oh my God, bless your Lord Jesus. Uh, my words just won't, won't allow me to. But uh, but I just believe that that it, it just he needed a change. He saw it. He didn't take his eyes off the prize. He took up the mantle that Elisha that fell from Elijah and he went back and he stood up on the Jordan rivers he, he, he's getting ready to put it through the test I, I've received it I've received what, what God has for me uh, I, I believe it you know I, I have the mantle I have it I have this tangible object I have something I can see 
I have something that is real in my soul. Jesus is real. I know the Lord is real. It's real to me. It's real to me. And now I'm going to put his word to work. If it's real to you, you're expecting this greatness. You're going to have to put the word to work now. And so Elijah went and he stood by the bank and he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and he smote the waters with it and said, where is the Lord God of Elijah? There was no doubt in his mind of where God was. He was just saying, I, I, I'm, I'm putting you through the test right now. Uh, the proof, is, as they used to say, the proof is there in the ingredients. I've got all the ingredients. I've measured up. So and, and came out and here we are right now. Lord, I, I, I want to see. I want to see it for myself. You did it for Elijah. But Lord, here I am for you to do it for me. I'm not doubting that you're going to do it. I'm here right now for you to do it. And the waters parted. Now the sons, and I'm coming to a close here, but the sons of, of the prophets saw him, his fellow prophets, the, the ones that spoke to Elijah and acknowledged the word, but but he asked them to keep hold their peace. Don't say anything. I don't want to be distracted. See, we allow, even in the church, whoo, even in the church, we sometimes have too much conversation that distracts us from what God has given or what God has called or what the dream or what the vision is. Because we start talking about it and after a while, that conversation may not be as profitable to us as we thought it would have been. And so sometimes you need to just ponder it in your heart. You don't need to talk about everything. You need to just hold it. Don't talk about it to your brothers. Don't talk about it to your sisters. Just hold it. They'll see it. Something's going on with them. God's working with them. You don't need to say anything. Just, just ask them to hold their peace like, like Elijah did with his brothers, the sons of the prophets. The seventh verse said that there were 50 men of the sons of the prophets that went and stood and viewed afar off. They, they were standing at the edge of Jordan. They was watching from afar off what had happened prior to this. They had an unction. They knew enough to watch from the edge. As far as they went, it's to the edge. You're going to have to go beyond the edge. Like Elijah, he went to the edge. And as the water parted and Elisha was crossing over, Elijah as Elijah was crossing over, Elisha had the option of standing there. He could have looked and said, well, he could have started doubting and said, well, uh, the water is going to dry up or is going to come back over the dry land. It's going to come back over the path. Uh, I don't know if we're going to make it, actually make it all the way across. But Elijah... was already walking. He was already moving. He wasn't standing there telling Elisha to come on. 
I am not telling you to come on. You came this far, you continue walking. If you stop right now, you miss out on what you would receive. Bless your Lord God. That's off the press. That's not in the notes. Mighty God. They had an unction and didn't move. Elijah knew it. And had he stopped, he would have not seen and he would have not obtained. Elijah prayed and he believed God. He expected greatness. Elijah followed his pastor. He followed his mentor, his instructor. And so Elijah prayed and he believed God. So he expected greatness. If he didn't expect greatness, he would not have asked for a double portion of Elijah's spirit. And Elijah, under the ostracism of the Holy Ghost, which moved upon the men of old, would not have told him, if you see me. That was just a that was not a natural. That was no, there was nothing natural about him seeing and what the expectations were in that statement. Bless your Lord. I don't know. I don't know if we can if we can go there this morning. But listen, no matter we we not we not going there. But there's there's nothing natural about that expectation. Bless your Lord. So he expected great. If you are following this ministry, if you're following this this ministry, this ministry, then you're praying. And I'm not when I say praying, I am not talking about you getting on your knees asking for things. Mighty God. I'm not talking about you praying upon a new house, a new car. Or anything like that. I'm not saying that those things are not necessary and that you don't need them. I'm telling you they will come. Bless your Lord. I know I have a witness. They will come. I'm saying take the focus off of those things and place the focus on the provider who is God. Bless your Lord Jesus. Keep the focus there. Now, there's a scripture that that I, I had to sit down and think about. And I still sit down and think about it. That says, first seek ye the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and these things shall be added to you. Now, people are told that. I've heard people quote that, but I did not hear anyone explain it. Nope. I never that I can recall heard anyone explain that. So let me help you out here. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is authority. It's power. The kingdom of heaven represents the principles of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So when I seek God's righteousness, it is not limited to the waving of my hands, the clapping of my, the stumping of my feet, the quickly anointing or quickening of God. That righteousness means that I conduct myself in a righteous way in business, 
in my natural life as well as my spiritual life. So if I had bad credit because I went out and got a $500 credit card and then used it up and spoiled my credit, that now when I've come into the knowledge of the truth, I realized that was wrong. I knew it was wrong in the first place. And I repented of that. Then the righteous thing to do is to pay that debt. So that my credit score does not have that derogatory remark on it and my score rises. So for those that did not know that prior to getting saved, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness means that from that moment I start doing things a right way instead of a. All right, you got it. If you're following this ministry. Then you are praying. You believe in God. And from this moment, you're expecting greatness. Now, remember, about a week ago, we talked about that. That what what do I do in the meantime? I, 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 God said it. I settled it. That settled it. And and so we know that that the woman was the, the prophet said that this time next year you're going to have a baby. So that meant that that, that she went home and her husband and, and let him know that we're going to have a baby, you know, and, and we won't talk about the excitement there. But listen. From that moment to that following month of that next year is preparation time. What is it that you're asking God for? What have you asked of him? Whatever it is, prepare. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I, I feel I've been feeling the anointing, but 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 I feel that's more prophetic and prepare. Prepare. We're not just asking. Prepare what you have asked God for. If you've asked him for uh, the, for for any whatever the job you prepare, you start walking with that mindset of what you want to become. Matter of fact, you ought to tell yourself that you're that already. Mm -hmm. Tell yourself that's who you are right now. The Bible says such as a man thinketh, so is he Call those things that are not as though they were. Call yourself that now and don't let no one else tell you anything different. Matter of fact, you don't have to share that with everybody. Your business is not everybody's business. If you're following this ministry, then you're praying and believing God. You believe in God and you're, you're riding it. Let me, let, me, let me help someone out here. You're, you're riding the wave of faith that, that I'm, I'm creating here. You're riding the wave. You're surfing this out with me. Yes, we're riding this wave and expecting greatness. This is going to be the greatest wave. Elisha knew the terms of his blessing. You need to know and understand the terms of your blessing. You need to know and understand what you are asking for and the requirements. That job. What are the terms and conditions of that job? Second Timothy 2 Timothy 2.15 says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, 
rightly dividing the word of truth. Well, we take that for the scripture and so many of us can walk around and quote the scripture. But can you quote what is needed for that job and how to make that function, how to make that happen, what to do to solve that problem? You are a problem solver because God is. Ah, hey, glory. Bless your Lord Jesus. He is a problem solver. Well, what does that make you? A problem solver. You can solve it. Yes, you can. Daniel, the king had a dream. He said, I'm going to kill everybody. I'm going to, I'm going to ask all of you. Because nobody could interpret the dream. Daniel was at his place, minding his own business when he heard the decree and said, hey, what's going on? And, and they let him know that the king is upset. Can't nobody solve the problem. And Daniel said, give me a moment. And he went in to his brothers and they prayed and God showed Daniel a dream of what the problem was. And and he went to the king and he even boasted a little bit. Can't your wise man, you know, well, I, OK. <laughs> and he told them what the interpretation was, told them the dream and all. God still works like that. And I know that for myself. I know it for myself. So we study and we know the word of God. We can quote the scriptures. You're going to prepare for what you ask God for. And you're going to be able to quote that. You're going to be able to talk about that and have a conversation about that. Just like you spend time in Bible class, I spend time preparing for Bible study. I spend time preparing for Sunday morning and, and all that. I also spend time for my vocation. Mm -hmm. I spend time. It doesn't mean you have to spend all day long, but you spend time doing, applying the word of God. Study to show thyself approved. Go to their website. You know that you're applying for something. Go to their website. Dissect the mission statement. Have at least three well thought out questions. Do not ask that question. You just sat in an interview and now you're going to ask at the end. When they, well, do you have any questions for us? No, I don't have any questions. And that. Um, do you have any questions for us? Yeah, well, you know, now that we've talked, when can I start? You didn't you didn't sell anything. And so they're not buying. No, uh-uh. You give them three good thought-provoking questions that even that they may not even be able to answer, and you'll get a call back. Mm-hmm. Because they'll see that you are a thinker, that you are a problem solver. You like your God, the God you serve. You want to enhance a relationship, then you need to understand the terms and conditions that you're faced with and you need to face those realities and ask God for his big eraser. He has the largest eraser. I like to imagine because he has big hands, you know, the earth, the, the heaven is a strong earth is his footstool. So, you know, he has the largest eraser that's able to erase those things that you're going to have to erase some things. Remember I said earlier, you get, you're going to have to open that suitcase up and empty out all that, that stuff that you've been carrying around the doubt and, despair and the hurt and whatever that you've been logging around using as pacifiers from time to time. 
You're going you're gonna to have to dump it out and let it go. Don't reach back for it. Don't reach back for it and put it in a suitcase. Yeah, but this is kind of precious to me. Leave it alone. Leave it right there. You'll get over it. Let's expect greatness in our natural and our spiritual lives. Don't overlook these little things. Little things grow into big things. The Bible tells us don't despise the day of small things. So whatever you're doing that may seem small, don't despise it. Give God praise over that. Give thanks in all things. Greatness, his greatness and whatever. It starts with us, his greatness. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your word this morning, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, for what you have done and what you're going to do, Lord God, as we walk in the expectations, Lord Jesus, and we're expecting your greatness. Lord God, and you're expecting greatness from us. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you, Lord. Lord Jesus. And so we appreciate uh, your words of uh, encouragement. We appreciate, Lord God, what you are doing for us and the direction that you're drawing, that they have drawn us into. Lord God, and we just pray and ask for each one that have that have been listening, Lord God, and those that are going to be listening later, Lord God, that they would be blessed. Lord Jesus, and receive of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you're looking for a church home again, we have room for you. And if you have not, if you have not been baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sin, baptism is for remission of sin. I heard someone uh, telling someone else over the radio that baptism is for is a celebration. Uh, birthday parties are celebrations. Pentecost is a celebration. Pentecost is also a uh, recognition that in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, which tells us that we have entered into a particular time zone, uh, along with the dispensation of grace. And, and so baptism is not a celebration. That's not what baptism is. Baptism is for remission of sin. And uh, that's how we put Christ on the water baptism. And so for those that say you do not need to be baptized, look at the thief on the cross. Let me remind you, you're not the thief on the cross. You don't know nothing about that man. You don't know nothing about that person. That was on the other side of grace. We're on this side of grace. And Jesus said, go out and teach the people about repentance and remission of sin, baptizing them in his name. And that's what they did on the day of Pentecost. Paul and all them was baptized. And when Paul told them that I'm glad I didn't baptize any of you, that's because they were had fallen into a cycle, a vicious cycle of bragging about who uh, discipled them. And that's why the discussion had went on. But Paul did baptize as well as others and read Colossians. It talks about us, how we are buried with him and how through water baptism that we go down and we come up. Listen, God, if Jesus spoke it. Let's let's just take it as God's word. Do all that you can for your soul's salvation. Don't exclude or disclude anything. They understood what Jesus was saying. There's people today that are bending and, and messing up the word of God for whatever purpose or whoever did not teach them properly because they're reading. If they're reading the same Bible I'm reading, you want your sins remitted in his name. You want sin blotted out. Someone encourage you that if you are not local and you need a church home to go to, uh, you want.
baptism in his name and you want to tarry for the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is not something, it's not a feel-good moment. It's not uh, someone walk up and tell you that you have it. That's not what occurred on the day of Pentecost. God sent his spirit. And all of them that was there, the one hundred, the hundred and twenty, hundred and so people that was there, the three hundred and eighty had wandered off and went other places. There's five hundred that was given the instructions, from my understanding, and only a hundred and twenty went. So only the hundred and twenty received what they what they were seeking God for. And at that moment, they were just sitting in a room talking about God and reminiscing on what had occurred. They were reminiscent when the spirit of the Lord came in like a, a rush of mighty wind and filled the house where they were sitting. And when they asked men and brethren, what shall we do to be saved? And someone said, well, that was for the Jews. No, there was proselytes there. There were people that was there that was not all Jewish. And Cornelius and his house was not Jewish. They would have been considered Gentiles. And they didn't get baptized because it was a moment to celebrate. The celebration was already going on when Peter was speaking the word and they began to speak in other tongues as the spirit of God gave utterance and they recognized the, the Holy Ghost had been given to them. Uh, listen, my time is up. I'm going to stop right there. Join in with us as we come back again on Tuesday uh, into the book of Genesis and receive the word of God. Lord God, we thank you, Lord Jesus, and ask that you will continue to watch over your people, Lord. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of the Holy Ghost Rest, rule, and abide henceforth now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Be blessed. Bless someone else and look for his greatness. It's on the way.